First Year STEM Teaching with Kyle and Madeline. Hi. Hi. Good morning, Madeline, and good morning, listeners. Welcome back to episode three of the Days After podcast. <laughs> Good morning if you're on your way to work or good day, just to be very general. Good day. Nice. Good noon. Good afternoon. Yeah. Good evening. I wonder I wonder if pets greet each other. You wonder if what? Pets greet each pets? other? Do pets greet each other? Don't they like dogs sniff their butts, right? That's oh. that what? Not their own butts. Like they sniff other dogs' butts. Right, right. I don't know. Uh, do you, you know do you greet your dog not by sniffing their butt, but like saying, Hey, my, my yeah days after <laughs> advice for you all is don't greet another person by sniffing their butt Let, let's not yeah, let, yeah let's avoid doing that stop it get some help but speaking of pets do you have a pet i do well my parents do but i get to hang out with him his name is cash he's a cavapuchon and cavapuchon stands for king cavalier poodle and bichon frise but he's very cute he's like a tiny little dog very cute. Uh, it's very soft and fluffy. Uh, I love him a lot. <laughs> I it's funny because Cash kind of looks like a fried chicken. Huh? <laughs> if you <laughs> if you know what I'm saying, you know you know what I'm talking about. Um, but it's like curly hair or curly fur, and like you know, some dogs look like fried um, chicken. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Go ahead and look it up. <laughs> My dog, on the other hand, looks like a blueberry muffin. Blueberry muffin. Yes, that's that's what I was going to say. Since you called my dog a fried chicken, I was just about <laughs> to say it, but you beat me to it. Yep. So my dog looks like a blueberry muffin. Um, his name is Coco. He's like 14 years old. So he's a grandpa. He's a, he's a cranky old grandpa. So, <laughs> you know, he's got attitude, but I still love him. He's adopted, so we don't really know what he is, but we think he's a cocker spaniel mixed with chihuahua, and he has the biggest eyes, like so cute. That's yeah, he's he's cute. Um, Madeline, what happens when Coco runs around in the park? Oh, when Coco runs around the park, he he's a very antisocial dog, huge introvert, so he doesn't like to interact with other dogs or people, and he gets overstimulated very easily, and so he just sniffs around. Sometimes he gets too overstimulated where he throws up and it's really oh, no. sad, but you can tell when he's about it because he just like gets really still on all fours. His head's like slightly tilted down and he's not stiffing, but like he's just there in this <laughs> very still position and his body just starts rocking back and forth and you can see his stomach going up and down, oh, up and no. down. And he will throw up. And guess who has to clean it up? Bruh. Me or my sister, whoever's <laughs> with him. And it's it's not the funnest thing. But, you know, we try to get him out there, interacts with his friends, mm-hmm. potential friends. But he just, he's a homebody. So we keep, it, we keep him in the house where he's happy and there's no throw up. Yeah, one time, um, or not one time, at the beginning of the school year, I did like an introduction presentation, like, who's Mr. Chi? And so I had a bunch of like stuff about myself. And one thing was a picture of my dog. And so I was like, yeah, this is my dog. His name is Cash, Cash Money Chi with a dollar sign for an S. Um, And one of my students like stood up and she was like, I know that dog. Do you walk them at this specific park? And I was like, 
I don't, but my parents do. <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh. It's like, oh my goodness, you know, you know my dog. Yeah, so I also showed a picture of my dog when I was introducing myself and I asked my students to guess how old he was. And a lot of them were saying like two or three. And then when I told them he was 14, they were shocked and they're like, why? Like, no way, he looks so young. Um, but anyways, pets are great. Your <laughs> students might have pets. And it's a great conversation starter um, and something that I like to do that maybe you can also implement in your class is a pet wall. So um, we can't really put pictures of our students' faces and especially when you're in a high school and middle school setting where you have a hundred plus students, it's like gonna be a lot of faces on your walls if you're gonna do that for your students. So instead of doing my students' faces, I ask them to submit a photo of their pet or just an object that they find very valuable um, through Google Classroom. So it's a fun way for me to post things on our pets wall. I have a designated um, poster board, or wait, what is it called? Like bulletin board um, for their pets. I wanna get them used to submitting photos or images on Google Classroom for future assignments. So it's like a two-in-one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a two-in-one. So um, they've been submitting, you know, pictures of their pets, pictures with their cats, um, with their names next to them, um, pictures of little action figures. Tell them to bring out the whole ocean. And it gets me an idea of like what they enjoy. So I'm going to print those out and post them on our walls so that they can have a little emotional or mental support moment when yeah. they look at their pet wall. Yeah, I'm sure I like it improves the environment or they come to class and I'm like, hey, look, it's my pet. Oh, my God. Yeah. So <laughs> that's nice. I, I also think it's very cool that that doubles as a Google Classroom practice. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think when I was student teaching, more of my students had dogs than not. So okay. a lot of pets out there, a lot of ways for you to connect to your students, especially if you have one also. If your student doesn't have a pet, um, there's always that option, you know, submit something that's special to you or maybe something that like they see as a pet. For example, one of my friends, um, their doorbell makes a dog barking sound when you press it. So they could submit their doorbell. I don't know. We always joked around that his doorbell was his dog, so. Aw, that's what dogs do though. When there's a doorbell ring, they, they bark. bark, so <laughs> it makes sense. All right, so for this episode, episode three of the Days After podcast, we have a very special guest with us. Mr. Chuck Kim. He's a math teacher. He works in Santa Ana. Madeline, what are some things that you like about Chuck? He's he's always, you know, interesting. Weird. Interesting. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all will understand why I'm saying these um, two descriptions if you listen to the whole podcast, mm. um, which I hope you do to stay on. Um, but no, just, you know, real talk. Chuck is really great. Um, I remember that if I was having a hard day at student teaching, I would see him at class and um, we would just be talking about our days and it would always lift up my mood. So um, you can always depend on Chuck and um, making, giving you a good laugh. Yeah, he's a really cool guy. I'm, I'm really looking forward. I'm excited for you guys to be able to hear from him in a little bit. So yeah. without further ado, here's the interview. Let's get into it.
Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Days After Podcast. This is episode three and we have the man himself, Chuck Kim. Chuck, how are you doing? Hello, hello. I'm doing great. <laughs> what an <laughs> intro. <laughs> awesome. Hey Chuck, we're so happy to have you with us this morning. Thank you for giving us your time. We know it's a three-day weekend, but hey, we got to catch up. It's been way too long. Excited to be here. Very excited. Has. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. So, Chuck, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I come from Irvine, just like my fellow cohort mates here. Or went to UCI. I graduated with a math degree with the credential at Caltech. Shout out. Originally from Cerritos, born and raised near there. And yeah, I wanted to be a teacher since like sophomore year of high school. And wow. that hasn't changed. But um, over the time, my reasons have changed. But here I am now. Currently, I am teaching at a middle school in Santa Ana. Oh, middle school. Yes. <gasps> I didn't yes. know that. Fun fact. It's not what I wanted, applied for, but it's so far it's going great. And awesome. life is awesome. We hey, I that. did my student teaching at a middle school in Santa Ana. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I didn't know what Cerritos was. Um, but then Madeline and Michelle would always say, oh, Cerritos Auto Square. Yeah. And so one time I was at UCI, I was at some like social function and this dude was like, hey, I'm from Cerritos. Does anyone know what that is? And he just got a bunch of like blank stares. And then I went, Cerritos Auto Square. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> Cerritos is known for like three things, the auto square, the library and the mall. Yes. As long as you know those three, you're you're all good. Yep. They do have a lot of good foods. So oh, true. Very true. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How was your first like few weeks of teaching? How's that been going? Okay. So a little background of where I'm at. So Ooh. I'm at a school that's currently in renovation. And so oh, it's man. six through eight. And um all three levels are at different sites. Nani. Oh wow. So my I'm teaching seventh grade and we're at a we're at a high school right now. We're sharing a campus with the high school and we are just taking trailers at the high school. What? And so everything in the first couple weeks is like messed up. There's no bell. Um, the kids have lunch at like 1030. Yeah, it's really bad timing. All the logistics are messed up. Like where do the kids like? change for b uh for pe like and we're placing a weird part of the school where it's like oh, where do the parents even like where are they supposed to go to to pick up like and yeah that's so hard. the first couple of weeks is literally just trying to figure things out also i'm a rover huh? meaning like i don't i don't have a classroom where i settle in oh my god oh man so i'm in five different classrooms where i just i bring a little crate and i'm just i'm just moving around they ask you how you are you just have to and so i'm first few weeks I'm, I'm just trying to get used to that we have like new admin fairly new principal and so it's like a whole period or season of just figuring it out do you and, get to wow. stay at the same high school or do you have to like move sites also so some teachers actually have to move sites um no during way. their prep kind of i so during the same day that's wild yeah, I luckily don't have to do that, um, but there's only like one or two that have to. Um, they don't seem to mind, or at least it doesn't sh seem like they mind too much. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I just have to move to five different classrooms. And it's convenient for me because 
it's just 10 trailers that are like right next to each other mm-hmm. which is another thing because like the kids are literally just placed in this like small area part of the high school and they don't go anywhere else so pros and cons yeah yeah that's how it's been for me wow that's that's a lot and I can kind of relate but not to your extent because my high school the one I work at right now is also under renovation so Mm -hmm. the reason why they're going through renovation is because the ceiling caved in in one of the buildings during summer though so no students were in there Oh, okay. Um, thankfully. And so, exactly, thankfully. Um, so now that the, the original site is closed and we move to a middle school site. So it's kind of the opposite. You guys just traded, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did every teacher move to the middle yes. school? Yes. So the whole oh, school goodness. moved to the middle school and then the middle school that was there moved to a different location. Um, so it's not, it's not like we're sharing a school. It's just that we're in a different place but it's also been three years um and they say we're gonna have to be there for another four or five it's like kind of the same but not really I mean I can only imagine how much of an adjustment that is for you but yeah you you said like you're doing great so I'm also really curious to hear how that's been going um so I thought it was funny how the whole time Chuck you were telling that story Madeline like your jaw was just like ah (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. super surprised like that's so, not audible for podcast listeners but you could probably hear know. my gasps but I was like <laughs> first shocked because like oh it's kind of the same situation but not really yours is a little more extreme so um, my heart well, definitely goes out to you and your school like all the other staffs and other teachers are like having so much like pity over or like trying to empathize and like say like oh you're having it so rough um but for me like it's my first year teaching and mm-hmm. I don't really have a di- like a, a full year of teaching to compare it to yeah. other than like student teaching. But even then I was like kind of sharing a room and still adjusting. Yeah, it I don't I'm glad that I don't have a year to compare it to to be to say like oh, it was so much better last year or like, yeah, I didn't have too much of an expectation or I didn't know what to expect, especially since I wasn't expecting to work at a middle school either. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm just adjusting. Don't know any different. Exactly. Nice. So seventh grade, that's like the one grade that I don't teach now. I don't know. Do you think it might be different if you had sixth graders or eighth graders? Every teacher says, especially at the, I don't know if it's a, if it's a thing that's just within the community that I'm in, or if it's like a, like a worldwide consensus, but sixth, seventh and eighth grade are very different. Very different. Each grade is in so so different in such a crazy way. Um, teachers were saying like, oh, sixth graders, they're still like, I've heard people or teachers say like, oh, they're little angels. They're still like kind of elementary students. Because they're, like, they're like, oh, what's going on? Like, and they don't want to like rock the boat or anything. So they're just super chill. Yeah. And then seventh grade, something magical happens where they become villains and, and <laughs> number one enemy. And then they, they just try to make your life kind of crazy. Uh, maybe a little bit of a rebellion stage mm-hmm. um and then eighth grade is where they try to they try to act cool because you know yep. they're like transitioning into high school and yeah they try to there it's like a different type of rebellion but uh, that's what i've heard teachers uh, describe each grade as and yeah. i'm slowly beginning to see it it's very intriguing so uh you also said that like the school that you're at was not where you planned on being so with your whole decision on, you know, where to work and the interview process, because after we graduated, it was kind of 
like everyone was on their own and we just didn't see each other every day or two times a week in classes at UCI um so what was your story like that made you land to the school that you're at so as you guys are aware um I didn't even by the time I graduated I didn't even pass my ed TPA um mm. and so I was on my third try I submitted it and my, my result was going to come in at the end of July Mm-hmm. And I was going to go on a one month uh, mission trip to Nicaragua. And so for the month of July, I didn't have the the space to like look at emails, to apply, to get interviews. So right after I graduated, the one place that I was able to get an offer from was like a pool from the district in Santa Ana. Mm-hmm. Then I interviewed for them. And then I believe from the district, the school contacts you after your pool interview. I applied for a high school position, so I was expecting a high school to call. Um, but as I'm training for the missions, I get a call from a middle school and I'm I'm really confused, but I'm like, this is the only offer that I got so far. Mm-hmm. My mission is in a week and I'm leaving to go for a month. And so this is like my, I feel like this is my only opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, at the very least, I'm just going to make this like interview practice for me. Yeah. So I go in, I interview and honestly, it was like the worst interview that I've ever given. They said, what are three words that you would describe yourself? And I I said, interesting and weird. (laughs) I don't, I was like, you know, some of my friends would describe me as, as interesting. And I thought back and I was like, what the heck did I just say? Um, Like, why would I say that? Like, why? As I walked out and I was like, you know what, this is just practice. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll hope to get another interview when I come back after the mission. But turns out they called me back. They're like, yeah, we want yeah. you to work here. I was like, what? The heck? They, they like interesting people, man. I, I guess. <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. And so, you know, it was not the the school level that I was expecting. It was not the outcome that I was expecting. Um, but it was the one opportunity that I had before I left. And I took it. And honestly, I, I'm, lo- I'm loving it. Like, the place that I'm at, they're so supportive. They're their understanding of where I'm at, and so they just want to help me as much as I can. Um, oh, to get that's, so, that's so, so good. Yeah, it's awesome. Just off that, I'm I'm curious about your trip to Nicaragua. Like, what was that like? Man, it was another journey to um demographic in Nicaragua is very similar to to where like where I'm teaching teaching yeah I thought that was very helpful um because I was also helping like students um I was able to do like English camps or um I was helping out like a a church slash like school Mm -hmm. like a international school there and it was I would say physically one of the most challenging things for me because the weather is just hot and moist and the moment you step out, you're just sweating. Um, humid. <laughs> yeah, so like humid. A blanket of humidity. Yep, yep. And every there was a there was not a single day where I wasn't sweating. The moment oh you wake goodness. up. But I would say it was it was like the most uh, like fulfilling, um, because I'm able to be a a resource, just like helping uh those in Nicaragua who are actually like trying to like start schools and uh, plant churches and help the community there, not just with like education, but also with like resources and all that. So it was great. I was able to uh, like communicate with some, some of the people in Nicaragua because not everyone speaks English there. 
but with my broken Spanish, my one year of high school Spanish. Nice. <laughs> I was somehow able to still have like very special um, connections with like young students or like uh, like high school students, college students, and even like um, those who like were teachers there as well. And yeah, I think spending the month there really helped me to, or it showed me like a different perspective of what teaching or like serving in general uh, should look like or could look like. And yeah, just a lot of things I can apply in my my own classroom. A lot about like um, having compassion and understanding and um, seeing what what the students need or what the people need and the ways that I can help. And that was great. That's cool. Nice. Wow, that's that's so awesome, you know. Um, you you were talking about forming relationships over there and it kind of helped you with your students right now mm-hmm. so I would just want to ask you like how is your relationship with your students um, and you talked about like seventh grade they are like the villain era <laughs> call me asparagus they're trying to find out which buttons they can press like have you experienced that um, so yeah what's your relationship like with them and what's one thing you find that works um, to build that relationship what's one thing that you actually do in the classroom there are a couple teachers on my campus who are very strict and they have their own way of like running the classroom that they're comfortable with they're they're more older and so they give me advice but typically for me i don't mind to i don't mind the little ruckus in the in the class like i don't mind a little noise and so with my students like i'm i'm very joking with them um, I do like to have a little laughter in the class, or at least try to. They don't always get my jokes. <laughs> um, I'm just myself. Like I don't think I'm too serious of a person either. Uh, I'm very comfortable around them, and they seem very comfortable around me. Yeah, very talkative classroom. Yeah, I don't have. I don't go through the struggle of like people having to open up, and and yeah, just like be who they are in the class. And I'm I'm very happy, and I'm glad that. Uh, even in like the by the third week of school, like students can like come up to to me. Um, I don't have a classroom, so they can't come to my class. So um, they would just like come up to me and and say like randomly what they're doing throughout the week. I had a kid last week, very random. It's like, hey, Mr. Kim, I'm gonna have jujitsu after. I'm like, Ooh. okay, cool. <laughs> like, what did you want me to do with that information? <laughs> <laughs> but I, and like, I I thought it was very like wholesome, like. Uh, he wants to like share his life with me and um mm-hmm. yeah he wants me to know like what's going on in his life and he's comfortable with that and so yeah it's it's very wholesome very wholesome but um also just very like joking like relationship with the students mm-hmm. that i'm very comfortable having um, nice. one thing i'm curious about like sorry to bring it back to the last topic but you said you didn't finish the edtpa until july and then your trip was like a month Right. So did you make it back in time for the school year or what was that turnaround like? Did you have like a day to get ready? I'm interested in that. Yeah, that was very hectic, too, because um, <laughs> after coming back at the end of July, uh, I came back like the day after my score came out. And then my admissions leader was like, she's also a teacher. So she's like, hey, you want to she had access to Internet. Uh-huh. So she's like, you want to check your score? And I got I passed like on the dot. <laughs> I wow. got, got the, the score that I needed to pass, which was an actual, a crazy story in itself. <laughs> but I come back and then there's like a week of uh, debriefing that uh, the missions team had to do. And so I actually wasn't able to get starting with like the contract and the work um, until the first week of August. Ooh. And so, um, Whoa. 
Yeah, I thankfully I know someone who works at my school, like through church. Like someone in my church knows someone who works the like a teacher at that middle school, and so I got connected with him, and he was like, and no, I was given no information about like PDs or like um like training days before school, and so he was like, yeah, just show up this day, and so I showed up the first day, having just finished my like online contract. Like I haven't gone into the district to sign in anything yet. Uh, the principal texts me. He's like, "Oh, you actually weren't supposed to come because you didn't finish your contract." Um, so regarding that, so I was like, pretty, I was like so lost because at Santa Ana, the admin is, or yeah, the admin is known, or HR is known to be very slow. Yeah, there was not that much information given to me, so I got that in late. Curriculum wise, I got my email late. Bruh. I got, or I got my email like. A couple of days after school started, anything like syllabus or like Canvas or anything uh -huh. like that, I'm like setting up while the year is going. Yeah. While that's going on, like all other teachers are still trying to figure out their groove, trying to transition and all that too. So yeah, it was unorganized, mm -hmm. but more go with the flow kind of thing, which I'm okay. With. I'm I'm used to. <laughs> I can yeah, kind of relate to the like late onboarding stuff because I had to wait a long time for like my TB test and my uh, fingerprints to be processed. And so same thing, like I was telling Madeline, I just got my district laptop. I'm like now setting up my San Francisco version of Aries and like Google Classroom stuff. It's like the fourth week and I'm still, like you said, setting stuff up as the year is going. <laughs> so like I've only just now begun starting to look at the textbook, like in the curriculum. That's just sometimes how it is. Yep. Yeah. I, I just started... Um like a couple days ago started going through the the curriculum now because they the district wanted us to or the, the department wanted us to like start later after the district testing and i'm going through training with the textbook so i don't know if you're familiar with cpm the cpm is like an online like common core version of like math we have trainings for that and they're like we should be starting on chapter soon or chapter two soon mm -hmm. my department is still going through like community <laughs> builders right now hmm. and I, I my canvas is not even set up <laughs> yeah. and so yeah similar boat as you Kyle similar boat yeah I mean I've been also just planning by the day and by the by the time the work day ends and then I finish practice with the tennis girls I go home and I just knock out like I, I literally can't think anymore so what I've been doing this past week that's been kind of working for me is I sleep at like 8 or 8 30 and I wake up at five or four thirty and I start doing work the morning of so I plan Whoa. the morning of the day. That like, actual lesson. Yeah, for the whole for the whole lessons. And I have two preps. So it feels like I'm doing double the work. Um plus tennis. It's like, oh gosh, where if I feel like I'm constantly treading water. But you know, every time I go to work, I feel like my heart is so full because the kids there are so sweet and I feel like I'm really at a at a spot where I, I belong so yeah I mean we're we're all in it you know <laughs> we thought <laughs> yeah, we, we thought you know or at least me we thought I thought that you know someone will just tell me what to do every day and it'll be smooth sailing like student teaching but it just hasn't been that way um, but I feel like I'm definitely learning a lot more about myself and if anything we're creating something that we can use for coming years that we're really yeah. proud of for next year so that's the way I'm kind of looking at it but it's definitely an adjustment mm -hmm. one thing I've been thinking a lot about is like 
I get home, just like you said, you get home from work and you just like exhausted, like physically exhausted, emotionally exhausted. Time to like go to bed. I, I can't believe like during our fourth year, we'd be like, okay, after every day of working at school, now you're going to get home. Okay, time for class in 10 minutes and got kind of go to class. Like, how do they do that every day? And I guess I kind of realized like we didn't have to teach the whole day. And so I got a little bit more energy from not having to do like the days when my mentor teacher would be out and I had to like sub for him for the entire day. I would feel like I do every day now and like mm -hmm. would not be able to go to class. Like if I had to go to like a biology lab or like a three hour like education class after school these days, I would not survive. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, it's, it's I'm so I actually uh, picked up another just like small job at a uh, after school after um, oh, going wow. like a few days a week. And uh, I don't I don't know if that's the move. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, that is not the move. Like right after I end school, like 2.30, I leave the school around three, go to go to Fullerton to, to teach at an academy. Wow. Three, four hours, come home and then like negative energy, <laughs> like no energy left over. So I don't know if that's a smart move. Probably not for those who are listening uh, and thinking about having to take upon multiple things. I mean, if you have to, you got to do what you got to do. But if you don't have to, I wouldn't kill yourself over it. It's rough. It's rough. You feel tired just every day. I mean, with with that and like talking about how drained we are, how do you take care of yourself? Like, how do you keep it sustainable? Because you're doing it. And it's hard, but like you're still going through it. So what's something that you like to do to make sure you're also keeping yourself in check and being able to stay present in it? So I am a, a guy who like feeds off of like other people's energy too. So I, I like hanging out. Extrovert. I, <laughs> yes, very extroverted. So I've been hanging out a decent amount, a lot more than I think I am. It just seems like I'm working every day. I mean, I am working every day, but like, like I realize that's not the only thing that I'm I'm doing. Like, I'm making time to to hang out with those uh, who, who are like are people I can also like vent out to 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 share life with, and and that's something I do feel very like fed by. Um, I would wake up like earlier, like an hour earlier, to do some reading and to like eat something in the morning, just to be able to like mentally and and physically uh, take care of myself to to go to work too. And those are some things I look forward to in the morning. So I do that. And what else? Oh, music. <laughs> I do music. Uh, I've been trying to make music too. And, oh, nice. Um, yeah, that's just uh, another, I guess, like a type of therapy almost. It's just a hobby. It's just mm -hmm. a hobby though. Yeah, I guess in general to find things that like you enjoy doing um, that are meaningful, that do fill you up because teaching and like only teaching can... Um, at times it can like it can really drain you oh yeah and, yeah you got to find those like few things that give you back that energy or just like let, let you rest a little bit when you make music do you do like software instrument like producing that kind of thing so i'm, I'm trying to learn trying to, i i i'm working with like i recently downloaded like a, a software on my computer and i'm just like experimenting with like different audios not like not like the like a dj type like on my computer and like put on headphones and just see but like more like how does a like guitar or like a drum or a bass like hooked up to my computer how will that sound and how can i mm -hmm. make something that's so cool 
I might have to ask or listen to something that you've made at some point. Yeah, very new, very new, but uh, I, I'll, I'll try to make, I'll make, I'll try to show you some of my 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 masterpieces. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Um, I guess one thing that I did want to ask about or one theme that we've been bringing back is like, what's, what's something interesting or wild that happened to you during student teaching? Because you student taught in Santa Ana also, right? Yes. So, so something wild that happened to me while student teaching? <laughs> yeah. Or just like a fun story. It doesn't yeah. have to be like mind blowing, but like, I don't know, something have... that stuck out. Mm -hmm. I have actually a few, but oh. one of them is... Uh, while I'm filming for my uh, ed TPA, mm. and I don't know if you might, you might or may or may not be aware of this story, but while I'm filming, this is my second day, and this is the lesson where I'm like, this is probably the one that I want to send. Mm -hmm. um, I'm filming it, and then like 15 minutes in, the the speaker in the room is like broken, so it's like it's hard to hear. But then the principal says, "We are on lockdown," mm -hmm. and like attention, we are on lockdown. And that's all she says. And then I'm like looking at my mentor and he was like, all right, procedure goes. And then so we like, we like lock the doors, close the blinds and turn off the lights. All the kids are like mm -hmm. on through with the protocol. Mm -hmm. And I'm just sitting there and so much just like going through my mind. I'm like the first thing that obviously went through my mind is like, dang, my film is, <laughs> uh, my film is messed up. Oh, like, yeah. like how serious is this lockdown? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And like, I wonder what like the kids are going through. Yeah. And it turns out there was like someone like uh, this, like a woman who was like running away from the cops who like had, who had like a knife on her, um, who like hopped the fence and tried to blend in with the students. What? Yeah. And, and so yeah, we were on lockdown for like a little over like half an hour. Afterwards, we like put everything back and I just, I didn't know what to do. I'm like, mm -hmm. I wasn't trained for this and yeah cal teach <laughs> or like i like practically at least right um i was just share, like asking the students like how are you guys doing like is everyone okay and they're just kind of there's a few students who were like joking around um because in in hindsight like there was no no gun uh, no like no one got injured and she was she was captured and and arrested and everything was taken care of well and so in hindsight i was like not that serious but in the moment like a lot of kids were saying like how oh, they were uh, like texting their parents and like yeah. you know, some of them were scared some of them were like joking around because um, maybe it was just like something that happens on a regular for them because they maybe they knew it wasn't going to be that serious what was that, either the day that it happened or a couple of days after you were you're telling me like some of my kids were texting their parents what they thought might have been their last words and that really stuck with me like that's so scary yeah yeah and i I I couldn't think of anything else but like just to like like feel bad for the students to have it or to have to think that way um and yeah I I felt a little like bad on my end because my first thought was like my my film is messed up <laughs> um but I think I was quickly able to think like, okay, that low key doesn't matter. Like I can film another day. It's all, it's all good now for me, but like for the kids, 
Um, that's like an experience that will like stick to them. And yeah, I'm not sure how that will affect them later on. It wasn't a, a good experience, I would say. Yeah. Well, for context and also on a little bit of a lighter note, the reason that I was talking to you about it like that week was because that was the week I think that we, the three of us were in charge of dinner and we got Wingstop and pizza for everyone in class. And I think we held the position of number one dinner team for a good, <laughs> like how many weeks? Because no one else got Wingstop. So we were like. That was the, I missed that. I really missed that. I think I dreaded the day we had to, like, oh, it's finally our turn. <laughs> but like, looking back, it's like, it's so wholesome that like, we were able to like bring dinner for everyone. And yeah, man, I, I missed that. Mm -hmm. that I do miss. yeah I remember I got the pizza I had like six pizzas from Costco just sitting in my car my car smelled like pizza for a couple of days but then I didn't want to like walk with it all the way to school so it's like Chuck can you drive me to school and you're like yeah I got oh, you yeah. and oh, so yeah. on your car and then like Andrea who was our guest on episode one she was like you got to go in Chuck's car I never got to go in Chuck's car <laughs> I don't know what to say man I think yeah the math the math group in Caltech, they have like something against me. <laughs> they call me the the betrayer. What did he say? Because oh, I, I talk to and hang out with science people more. Uh -huh. and, and, <laughs> you never you never asked to hang out with us. You know, you're like playing games with science. I'm like, you you have you hate us or something? And I was like, oh my god. No, I'm just I don't that was an intention. My bad. <laughs> um, that was always something like, oh, the science and the math people. But I think in the last year of our Caltech career, um, we definitely like ended up mingling a lot more, which was really nice. Mm -hmm. I do yeah. miss that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the food was good. I, I do crave Wingstop all the time. And I'm bringing me back. Good memories. <laughs> I get that tonight. Oh, yeah. Like you're already planning on it, or because we no, talked just because we talked about it, it's making me like it's making me hungry. Yeah, good plan, good plan. Uh -huh. So, with student teaching, do you do you feel like it prepared you for what you're in right now? I know it's not the same, but like just through the daily grind of it all, like do you feel prepared? I would say there's some aspects where I do feel prepared because of like the whole program, but then there are also ways that I was prepared that was unique to my own experience. Um, so from the program, I would say like, like they, they make you busy. Like you are on your feet all always, especially in senior year. They do take care of you like during the classes, but like the workload is undeniably heavy. Mm -hmm. um, and like your student teaching during the day, and you have classes at night. Some of us are taking major classes while we're trying to figure out at TPA, while we're jobs. trying to, yeah. Some people have jobs and, you know, there's just other things, you know, in life than just school, you know? And so, but it seems like the only thing you can do in life at the in, in senior year is like school. And so while doing that, I really do believe that it was like, you're put in, you're put into like a hard time where like you're almost forced to persevere, you're forced to persist, um, so that you build characters of just like working through it, and 
and just pushing forward. And um, I think I was able to build that muscle, which helps me right now. Because um, first year, wherever you're at, like it's not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. Um, some might, some people might have a better time in like adjusting, but regardless, it's not easy. And so I think Caltech does help build that muscle. Like if you do persist and if you do finish till the end, that achievement in itself will like take you so far. And uh, yeah, what's unique to my experience is uh, my student teaching was at Santa Ana and my mentor teacher, I wouldn't say he's the most organized for a better use of words. Like he, he he doesn't care. Oh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> like no, I I love like I love him. Like he he's a great guy. Like I I still keep in touch with him every now and then. But yeah, I just don't think he was like the best person to to mm-hmm. as an example for me. So I had to do a lot of adjusting and figuring out on my own in that environment too, which is convenient for now because I still have to do that and. It's not something like I'm unfamiliar with, um, just figuring things out on my own. And I actually feel like I have more support now than I than I did during my student teaching. So it actually made things like easier for me. Um, community wise, like I'm still in Santa Ana. So there's not much adjusting or figuring out that I have to do um, there, like regarding like the socioeconomic like status and how that affects the community like i'm familiar with it regarding the culture there uh, i've been familiar with it um not just from student teaching but also um slightly from my experience in nicaragua too so i would say student teaching has like uh, specifically prepared me um, for where i'm at now Hmm. Um, i think it'd be very different and there it would be difficult for a lot more such uh or in a lot more areas, like if I were to be somewhere else, in a different community with a different culture, but very intentional for, for I feel like where I've been placed. So yeah, that are those are some ways that student teaching has prepared me. Yeah, when you were talking about like oh the culture in Santa Ana, it made me sad because I remembered teaching there. I I miss my kids a lot. Just thinking about you know driving back there and hanging out with them during the school day. Yeah. It's very nostalgic. Like um, my middle school campus, or yeah, where I'm at, is really near um my the site where I student taught. And as I'm driving, some kids are walking to school, and I see some of the kids that I student taught. Uh-huh. I'm like, I really want to like just yell their name like while I'm driving, like, hey, remember me, Mister Mister Cam, Mister Cam? But I don't want to embarrass them because there's like other students around. Mm. <laughs> you would yeah. be like that one parent that just yeah. Like- yells their kid's name <laughs> yeah yeah oh I that's see so from nice time, time and yeah it's very nostalgic and mm-hmm. uh, very wholesome i miss them too Aww. yeah um speaking of missing people we always talk about missing the people from our cohort and like ah, i want to hang out with everyone and like see everyone again one of my favorite things that we did at the end of the year was <laughs> the beach day um so we got to <laughs> Chuck's covering his face. He knows what's coming up. (laughs) Hang out with everyone at the beach. So we teased this in our last episode, but while we were at the beach, um, yeah, Chuck told a lot of pee stories, which were super fun, and he was very good at it. And (laughs) hopefully we get to (laughs) hear another one, if you have one. Uh, Preface, I don't know why. I don't know why I shared those. (laughs) I don't know what the context was. 
I I wasn't like I didn't drink anything or do anything. This just like pure like raw version of Chuck. This is like this is an interesting. This is the interesting and weird. Yes. <laughs> when yes. you were doing your interview, this is where it comes from. Yeah. <laughs> this is just me being me, and I have I I can't explain why I I share the stories. And honestly, I don't even. I forgot that I even shared it until until you guys reminded me. But we we enjoyed it. It was yes. You know, <laughs> I don't know what stories I have told. Do you want me to share another one? <laughs> you don't have to. I just thought uh, I'd bring it up. <laughs> okay. Uh, just I guess for for fun, I'll, I'll give one. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, this one I didn't share for sure. When I was in second grade, I got locked out of my house. And uh, yeah, I was I was walking back home from school because uh, I lived near my school. And then, oh, why am I sharing this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no pressure, no pressure. Uh, and then, so I went to my my neighbor's house, and I I just I just I peed on her wall. What? Because it was urgent. Oh. And I think she caught me like, oh. while I was finishing up. So I I ran away to my friend's house who was like like a, a couple like a like a block or so away because yeah it, my neighbor was this uh like strict indian lady who like hated everything that i did like yelled at me every time i was like playing ball outside like playing soccer or something but yeah i don't know why i peed on her wall um <laughs> yeah that's not where i saw that story going I... <laughs> me neither i thought you were gonna say like you're trying to um, like open a window or like climb through a window. Oh yeah, no, no. I just, I just. <laughs> it was peed. that. It was I that just, urgent. Yeah, I just peed on someone's wall. Hmm. But yeah. it's like second grade. Like, how can you blame a second grader? Yeah, like yeah. seven no. years old. Good, yeah. good reminder. <laughs> you were in no. second grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if I see a twenty-year-old doing that, Bruh. Like, wait, is that criminal? I think that That's could be nine-one-one type of thing. Yeah. That maybe not nine. <laughs> <laughs> could be like a that could be illegal i think <laughs> public urination but that's my peace story <laughs> three of ten now there's just seven more until we unlock them all why did i share <laughs> that's so funny no nah, i can i can cut it out if you want just just let me yeah. you know what you can leave it in i i don't care i <laughs> I don't have anything to hide. <laughs> I was going to say, like, oh, we can cut it out yeah. in the middle of your story. But I was, like, thinking, just in case we leave it in, I won't say anything. I do not care. Okay, I did also um, want to give you time to, you know, talk about the things that you wanted to. I know before the podcast, you mentioned you had some topics that you wanted to share about. So, um, so is yours. Yeah, uh, I think I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that like I wanted to be a teacher uh, from the from like sophomore year in high school, and that over the years the reasons changed. Like in high school, I wanted to be a teacher because I saw my teacher's job. Like they would literally teach for the first thirty minutes. They'd do something on the board. We'd finish write like copy notes down, and then they would give the rest like twenty minutes to do homework or something in class. And I was like, whoa, that's so chill. Like they're cool. Um, they connect with my life and like it seems like such a chill job um little did i know Mm -hmm. um but i found like a like a deeper uh, meaning to teaching and 
I, I am a Christian and um, one of my main like missions in in life is to is to be able to share the love that like that Christ gave um, on the cross to whoever is around to share that love like no matter like who or what like or where you you came from yeah and to do that in a way that's like humble and so while teaching um i think even i think teaching is like a great opportunity and like privileged in order to experience something like that in a very unique way where i i have the opportunity to to reach out to kids um to to give them like like a, a kind of love that that's kind of hard to uh to find in in a kind of day and age like today where like instead of like doing things like all for yourself um where like life is all about you know your own and doing things for your own good where us as teachers like if we were to follow that rule or that ideology that would suck for our students um, if if we followed um what like we did for ourselves that we thought was good for ourselves um that's where you get teachers that are like complacent and where students complain like oh they don't care like teachers don't care and so i know like my goal as a teacher in public school is not to convert my students or whatnot obviously i do think and i do believe that like christianity is the is the the one way and like jesus is the truth and life but that my job isn't to convert but i do feel like my job is to show a kind of love that everyone does desire um, to feel cared for, to feel loved, um, to feel accepted. And I do think, or for me, um, that is another reason why I feel I have so much meaning in, in my in my place as a teacher, because I know there's a longing for that much more than just the need to learn math or to understand a little bit more algebra or whatnot, but rather um, there are more values, like greater values in life that that I can set as an example um, that I can show and in, um, in a way where I can serve the students. And so very different from my initial um, passions wanting to, of wanting to be a teacher, but I'm glad I, I still am in this route where I can um, experience that opportunity to, to serve in that way. Cool. Thanks for sharing that, that, you know, loving our students and showing them care. And like you said, like, whenever teachers put themselves or like their own I don't know if they just don't care <laughs> it's so noticeable and the students catch on you know if if you just lend out that extra hand and um, you know give a smile or even say hey how are you doing it's it could mean the world to them so that's awesome yeah I mean is there anything else that you want to share any questions that you have for us no I think I actually was really confused I was like at first like oh what is this what is the podcast for maybe it's like a couple friends trying to start something but um i like how it's like a like an outlet for just seeing a perspective um that i wasn't able to see maybe i just, I just didn't reach out to enough like postgrads to to seek the perspective of what it's like after but to be able to share and to be able to sh or share this perspective and get many different perspectives because it's not the same for everyone um there are things that we do to sympathize with and there are things that we won't and it's great to hear those perspectives so uh yeah i think it's great what you guys are doing thanks thank you that's awesome to hear i'm glad <laughs>
And yeah, thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate your time. We appreciate you being here. Um, thank you for having me. It's, it's a privilege to be here. Oh, thank you. All right. It was so nice seeing you and catching up. Um, hope to catch up in a couple months. Who knows? We'll see how we're all doing <laughs> then. Because um, I'm sure so, there's so many more stories to share. Hmm. Yes, there will be. <laughs> all Poor right. Me. Thank you, Chuck. No problem. Have a good one. Wow, that was that was so nice. It was such a good conversation to have with Chuck and just to catch up with him. Yeah, what a really good talk. That was that was awesome. We got to hear about his school, right? Under renovation. Yeah. You have to like go in between classrooms with a little cart. That's crazy. And you know, getting a job and in the midst of interviews or just like Ed join and Ed TPA, um, going on a missions trip to Nicaragua, like mm -hmm. that itself was a lot um but he all it all fell into place you know where everything was meant to land yeah and like even during his edtpa or filming it they had that whole lockdown situation that's oh, yeah that was that was a bit of a <sighs> emotional story or at least it was for me yeah no definitely for me too it's never easy to hear but it's it's a reality that we have to face so it's it's good that we're talking about it and it just happened to happen happened to happen in his TPA. So man, no, and I was always fun. wondering, like I'm sure he must have been able to write about because you know he just mentioned he yeah. didn't pass the first time, but like that whole thing happened and like I, I wish that they could have given him some grace for that. So I know. But then yeah, after that story, we also got to hear a P story, which <laughs> you know grateful to Chuck for sharing, unlocking the third one. There's 10 of them. I'm, I'm looking forward to number four. We'll see if he's okay sharing more. <laughs> and also he shared his reasons for teaching and his convictions. And it just boiled down to his love for his kids. That's his mission. So that was really nice to hear. Um, mm. It was also a good reminder for me to like, hey, just, just love them. That's mm. all. Care for them. Mm -hmm. I appreciate what he said about having different perspectives on our podcast, you know? Yeah. Like, Hey, maybe we're not just doing this to do it. Like people, people can learn something. I mean, obviously that was, you know, the point, but I'm glad that, yeah. that people are getting it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I hope our, our um, purpose for this podcast is, you know, to, to help you guys or help our listeners. That's awesome too. All right. So um, if you're listening, you know, please leave a comment, a question, a thought, anything that you have. Um, it's available right there in Spotify or perhaps wherever else you're listening to it. We'd love to hear your feedback, um, anything that you like, yeah, curious about, or I guess recommendations for the podcast, whatever you got, drop it down there. Is it down? 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 Just, yeah, just do it down there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. You, you can find the buttons. <laughs> we would really appreciate it. Who's our next guest, Madeline? Oh, it's time to announce that? I believe so. Oh, okay. Um, so we're going to not only have one guest, but we're going to have two again. Whoa. And they are Felipe and Jess. So wow. we're so excited to catch up with so them as well. Um, you know, Felipe was a science in science for Caltech and Jess was pretty much in Caltech 
um, like undeclared, but kind of declared person in our cohort. So um, we're going to hear about how they're doing on the days after. That I like about Felipe and Jess, you know, Felipe is a phenomenal storyteller. So I'm very much looking forward to hearing him share some stories. Um, Bro is so funny. Um, I love talking about or talking to him about whatever. Such a chill dude. And then Jess, in the meantime, is like the nicest person, one of the nicest people I've ever met. She's so caring and like, uh, they're both they're both great. Double thumbs up. (laughs) I agree. So be on the lookout for their episode. Give Chuck's episode a good thumbs up and a comment, like Kyle said. And we'll see y'all later. Don't forget to tune in. See ya. Thank you.